The Big Story from The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. Hello, I'm Olivia Kuei. You're watching The Big Story. Following the Hari Raya Haji public holiday, River Valley High School students are back on campus two days after the alleged killing of a 13-year-old boy. As early as 6.30 a.m. this morning, over a dozen school staff and security officers were at the gates to usher in students, some turning up with flowers to pay their respects to their schoolmate. More bouquets were seen outside the school. I can only imagine it's a difficult day for the student body at River Valley High School. Joining me now is founder of the Brahm Center, Angie Chu. The Brahm Center offers science-based mindfulness programs for seniors, adults and teenagers. Welcome back to the show, Angie. What's your advice to the students and staff who have to come to terms with you know, what happened on Monday? Well, the faster that their mind can accept what has happened and focus on what is going to be the way forward to help prevent such a recurrence would be very helpful. And for them to have an open conversation together with uh, parents, teachers, and the students themselves uh, in order to put it out there, like, you know, how do they feel about what has happened? And uh, what are some of the assumptions and even speculation that's come up in their minds to process and to resolve what they are feeling and the trauma that they have experienced? So we're not talking about speculation, you know, in terms of just having a good gossip, but rather to address uh, the speculation that's going on in the mind, because that's really natural what the mind is going to do. Right. And what are the other learning points from the River Valley case when it comes to the long-term mental well-being of students? I think there is a very low level of understanding right now of uh, what mental illness is all about. So if uh, someone who has attempted uh, suicide before, there are a lot of underlying issues that have uh, brought about somebody to that point. For example, uh, we've had recently two uh, young people who had approaches for help as we have a helpline, and they were very close to taking their own lives. And we had to activate uh, the police to intervene. And their parents had no idea that their children were uh, close to ending their lives. But uh, when the police came knocking at the door, it helped them to realize that the situation is very serious. So looking out for signs is going to be helpful for us to do early intervention to help our children uh, who may be feeling that life is not worth living, life is too painful, or just that life is too grim. Uh, the future doesn't look uh, in any way, in form or shape to be uh, optimistic. And so for parents and friends, what are the warning signs to look out for? And of course, you know, the best ways to help teenagers. When you start to see that your child is looking to be very reclusive or uh, very easily irritable and uh, they tend to overreact and get into uh, a rage, these are signs that they are not well. And it is really important for us to reach out to them. And if we can't, to get a relative or a friend to find out what is actually going on and to get them the help that they need. Mm. And sometimes parents... Uh, ourselves need the help because uh, we may not be familiar with these uh, distressful situations and please reach out. Well, Angie, thank you so much for your time on the show. That was Angie Chu, founder of the Brahm Centre. 
Meanwhile, President Halima Yaakob wrote on Facebook today that it's hard to make sense of what happened at River Valley High School and even harder to fathom the unimaginable trauma and grief experienced. She said that some are shocked and scared while others feel helpless and confused, adding that if you're one of them, you're not alone and it's not a sign of weakness to seek help or a listening ear. Likewise, in a Facebook post today marking Racial Harmony Day, Education Minister Chan Chun Singh said religious groups have come forward to pray with the bereaved and for the well-being of the school's students. He wrote, quote, These heartfelt gestures of solidarity, transcending race and religion, have brought light in our nation's hour of darkness. They embody the inherent, the inherent understanding that before all else, we are fellow Singaporeans. An update on the COVID-19 situation here, 179 new locally transmitted cases confirmed today. 130 are linked to the Jurong Fishery Port Cluster, which now has 451 cases. Eight of today's cases belong to the KTV Cluster, and that's grown to 215. Two imported cases were also reported today, with both developing the illness during SHN or isolation. Further updates will be shared later tonight. Infectious diseases specialist Dr. Leong Ho Nam from the Rofi Clinic is here with me now. Welcome back to the show, Doc. So as we enter a four-week period of tighter restrictions tomorrow, what are the markers to look out for before we can emerge from phase two heightened alert? Is it to bring down local cases to single digits? You see, if we actually identify individuals that I really have been known and they have been quarantined, that's fine. Actually, the numbers to me are not important. What I really want to see are the number of unlinked cases. Unlinked cases that comes down then tells us that we are actually catching all the anticipated cases. Now we still have about 30 unlinked cases and that's quite worrying because you wouldn't have quarantined them and in turn each of them can transmit to another two or three so potentially mm. from this 30 you can have already another 60 to 90 uh, paces so i am still worried Another worrying point, Doc, is that you know the, the number of uh, seniors who remain unvaccinated. Among today's local cases, MOH reported that four are seniors above 70 years old who are un unvaccinated and at risk of serious illness. Singapore's reopening plans largely hinges on getting our seniors vaccinated. Health Minister Ong Yi Kang saying yesterday around 200,000 seniors 60 years old and above are still unvaccinated. Have a listen. But there remains over 100,000 unvaccinated seniors over 70 years old. And if you add those that's above 60 years old, that's another 100,000 or so. There's altogether 200,000 above 60 years old. And they have a high likelihood of falling critically ill once infected. The, almost every one of them, if infected, will end up in hospital because they are high risk and 10 to 15% of them, based on our experience, will end up in ICU. So imagine 200,000 people, if we have widespread infection, just 10% of them, let's say 10% of them get infected, that's 20,000. All 20,000 will be in hospital. Amongst them, 10 to 15%, that's two to 3,000, will end up in ICU. It's a huge, huge number. Well, Dr. Leong, back to you. Convincing reluctant, reluctant seniors to get their COVID-19 jabs is a, a long-standing issue, a long-standing problem. What isn't getting through to this group and what do you have to say to them? Oli, thank you very much for this pertinent question. It really tells me that 
the big story is really concerned about the elderly. And my story to them is this. You need to get yourself vaccinated. The data is very, very clear. If you've been vaccinated, hardly anyone needs oxygen. In fact, it becomes a common cold. What if COVID-19 becomes a common cold? Life goes on as normal without any mask at all. Now, I have Dr. Carol Tan, who has been knocking on the doors of various various groups and trying to find out why these elderly are not vaccinated. The answer is because they were told they are not suitable because of an allergy. Well, that's completely wrong. That was in the past. In the past, we were worried that the allergy may be triggered and in turn cause more problems. The message out there is even if you have an allergy, you can go for vaccination. Even if you have a stroke, a heart attack, any past medical illnesses, practically every condition, you can get yourself vaccinated. In fact, when you get yourself vaccinated, if you're an elderly, you would protect yourself from falling badly ill, and in turn, you would actually save time for your family and your love uh, and your family members because they wouldn't have to go into the shelter in the hospital and look after you. Now, I'm going to give a challenge out here to all the TBS, the big story fans here. You enjoy the stories and you are getting updated every day. But the trouble is many of the elderly are not getting the story. I would like you to hear this story, hear the need to vaccinate the elderly and go forth and share this message. Go out there and tell you need vaccinated. You need to be vaccinated to actually protect yourself and in turn protect the nation. Now, Mr. Ong Ye Kang actually gave a figure of 200,000. That sounds very scary. But if we actually aim for 75% of the population that's vaccinated, 25% will still fall sick, which is 1 million people. That's huge. Can you imagine? Mm. Total tally, 1 million people. So you as an individual, if you have been vaccinated, I now ask you to become an advocate for the vaccine. Go out there, find an elderly and say, Uncle, Auntie, let me take you to the vaccination center. I've done it. You're going to find and I'm going to get you vaccinated and I'll take you home thereafter. Find that elderly, save that life, be that lifesaver. Launch DBS into TBS into the big, big story with a big, big vaccination drive. Well, let's look uh, to something else, Doc. You know, uh, the task force said we have hit the 50% vaccination target and hopefully we're still on track to get two-thirds of our population vaccinated by National Day. Only then can we consider transitioning to a new normal. What sort of case numbers are you projecting in this uh, eventuality? Um, actually, I am not, I'm not too optimistic. At 50 cases, 50% cases, I'm still rather disappointed because uh, you have only about 67 to 88% protection after your two doses. And I know the ministry has talked about 75%. Well, I'm still not happy with it because Dr. Leong Hunao's figures here is actually 90%. I want a good 90% of the people vaccinated and truly then we can actually keep the numbers down. What will be the new normal? Uh, I think we will want to talk about Everyone still has to wear the mask on because even if I've been vaccinated, I may still spread on to other people. Number two, we want to avoid crowds because cases will still pop up and we don't want to overwhelm the hospitals uh, immediately. And I'm going to take a cue from our... Uh, from UK. UK had Freedom Day, but the virus also had their freedom moments because we see the number of cases going up immensely. 
cases will continue to occur in Singapore and with a target of about 75%, like I said, at least another million people will get infected in Singapore. Big numbers, which means we have to slow it down, just like what Mr. Ong Ye Kang has said. Mm. If you are vaccinated, well, expect a simple common cold. You take the teeth out of the bite of the virus, you won't die, you're going to be just great. In fact, but if you are not vaccinated, I will be worried. There's an 8 to 10% chance you'll be hospitalized. There's a risk of about up to 1% risk of dying. And then effectively, the Ministry of Health feels that mRNA vaccines are the only effective vaccines. So going forwards, I'm still quite bleak about the future. But if we get the numbers up to 80 to 90% vaccination, the sunny, the sunny Singapore can come back again. Dr. Leong, thank you so much for coming on the show. We always appreciate your time and insights. I've been speaking with Dr. Leong Ho Nam, an infectious diseases specialist from the Rofi Clinic at Mount Elizabeth Novena.